Good, you all appeared. Well, listen, that video was supposed to be peaceful. But after this week, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? That video was like looking out a window all this week. My goodness, how many of you are just tired of the snow? No, how many of you are like, yay, it's snowing? All right, all right, we got a mixed crew. I get it. I get it. But listen, uh, we're so glad you're here today. Uh, As Pastor Bill said, you ventured out, you made it in the snow, and we're glad you're with us. We are so glad you're with us. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Where else would I be? I don't know. Maybe Kim's a big football fan, so I thought maybe she might be at home watching football. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or I could be at home with our online guests drinking hot cocoa in my pajamas. But (laughs) but I'm so glad I'm here with each, all of us who ventured out today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you, uh, you know, we're glad you're here in person. If you are with us online, we're glad you're here with us online. If you are watching from somewhere warm, If you're watching from somewhere tropical because you're on vacation, just know we are extremely jealous of you. As here in the PAC Northwest, we have had a winter wonderland, right? We've had all kinds of snow. How many of you are still recovering from snowmageddon? (laughs) Snowmageddon? Is that what we call it? You know, we get three inches of snow here in the Pacific Northwest, and people are like, we will recover, you know? We will rebuild. But listen, uh, uh, I I don't know. I'm kind of done with the snow, but I guess being it's uh, the first week of December, being it's Christmas season, it's kind of fitting uh, to have some snow. Tis the season. Tis the season. And we've got 21 days left. Right. 21 days from today. Yeah. 21 days till Christmas. Some, Some of the men in here just got nervous. Because you haven't bought anything, and I might be one of those men. So, wait, <laughs> so wait, let's get you shopping. You don't have my Christmas gift already wrapped. I, I, I was just trying to be nice to them. No, it's ready to go. <laughs> I, I, yeah, rock, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, well, 21 days of shopping, all I can think about right now, and that makes me stress. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with having, we've got three kids, and we ask them to send us, send us your Christmas list. And they're so good about sending us a very detailed list with an exact link and exact size of exactly what they want. The problem is, is that we all share an Amazon Prime account. And so everybody, everybody knows what you're getting. So you have to, we have I don't to know what everyone, I'm getting. What am I getting? You haven't given me your list. Okay. All right. All <laughs> Probably right. something I really want. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a shared gift. Santa brought us a shared <laughs> gift. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> But listen, being Christmas is in the air, it's a Christmas season, Uh, being we have snow on the ground, we decided to kind of switch things up this Sunday and do things just a little bit differently. And we want to share with you a message we believe God has given us, just based off snow, uh, seven lessons that we can learn from the snow. And listen, God can speak through snow. He can. In fact, God can speak through just about anything. Uh, We see in one occasion in the Bible that God speaks through a donkey. If God can speak through a donkey, God can speak through anybody. Am I right? Uh, God can speak through anything. And and I really believe, church, that uh, we need to open up our eyes more as we're living life. I just think we need to be more aware of what's going on around us because I truly believe if we are, the Holy Spirit can speak to us through so many different things. In fact, as we study the life of Jesus, as we study Jesus' ministry, it becomes pristinely evident that Jesus would use everyday examples to teach spiritual truths. Jesus would use everyday examples to teach spiritual truths. Uh, Jesus would speak in parables. 
Jesus would tell stories. Jesus would use metaphors in order to communicate spiritual truths. And I believe God still does that today. I truly believe if we open up our eyes, if we open up our hearts, if we just become more aware, if you will, I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to us through so many different things. And with that being said, I believe God gave us a message based off the snow. And, and we want to just simply share with you seven lessons that each and every one of us can learn based off the snow. Yep, kind of like the seven honeydew list that you have all week. More like 70. 70, yeah. The list keeps accumulating. It grows, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just want to welcome all of you that are here in person and online to as we kick off our Christmas with CFA series. Um, and we're just so excited that you've chosen to be with us this season. It's not just one day, but it's the Christmas season. Absolutely. So let's just bow our heads and pray real quick. Yeah. Father God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we just open our minds and our hearts today, God, to receive from you. I pray that no matter what the need is, God, that you would speak to each one of us just what we need today, Father God. We thank you that um, your word is living and it is active, God, and we thank you that you're here with us today as we worship and we dive into the word. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Well, we want to just jump right into this. So we want to share with you seven lessons that we can learn from the snow, seven spiritual lessons that we can learn from the snow. Uh, the first lesson is this, perspective matters. Perspective matters. And I think we all discovered this week that every single one of us has a different perspective on snow. <laughs> Am I right? Some people love the snow. Some people hate the snow. Some people, the moment it starts snowing, we're like Buddy the Elf. We're like, I love snow. Snow's my favorite, right? We're excited about snow. On the flip side, some of us, the moment it begins to snow, we're more like the Grinch. You know, we're like, I loathe the snow. And so we all have different perspectives on the snow. In fact, all you had to do was jump on social media this week, and you were able to see a number of people's perspectives on the snow. Some people had to fight through the snow to get to work. They disliked the snow. Other people, uh, they got school off. They had, there was a snow day, some of our kids, and so they were excited about the snow because they had a day off of school. And so everyone has a different perspective on snow. Uh, I know I saw one lady on social media, uh, she was all excited uh, that she got to make snow angels <laughs> with her kids in the snow, and, and she was overly excited about it. I'm like, I don't know why you're so thrilled about that, but she was pumped. I saw another friend of mine, and I didn't know uh, he hated snow, but he literally posted. He said, every time it snows, he said, I want to run over a snowman with my car. <laughs> and I was just like, I think you need to talk to somebody. <laughs> I, I think you have some anger management issues welled up somewhere. But listen, I think we can all agree that we all have different perspectives on snow. But I think there's a larger lesson here. Because I think it's also true that we all have different perspectives on life. That when we look at life, we all have a different perspective. And I think we need to ask ourselves from time and time again, what drives our perspective? What is it that's driving our perspectives? Is it our experiences? Is it our upbringing? Is it our opinions? Probably. But as followers of Jesus, 
As people who follow Christ, I believe the main driving force behind every perspective we have should be the word of God and the kingdom of God. Come on, I believe as followers of Jesus, the driving force behind every perspective we have in life should be Jesus, should be the word of God and the kingdom of God. That's so good. Um, and our first scripture here is Matthew six thirty three, and it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And when I think about the snow this week um, and we talk about perspectives, I think there's kids' perspectives, and then there's mine, mom's perspective, and they're so vastly different. When I heard snow, snow day, I'm like, oh, yes, we're not going to set the alarms, but somehow my kids are still up early. Yeah. They're already in their snow clothes, and they're ready to go build a snowman, and I'm like, wait, I, I dreamed of coffee um, by the Christmas tree and looking out the window, yeah. and I think it's so true in our life is um, it's important that we allow God's perspective to impact the matters of the heart, and when, as a mom's perspective, snow day, it's like laundry, extra towels, water all over the kitchen messes. floor, messes, extra dishes. <laughs> we, I think we ran the dishwasher one day twice in one day because of all the hot cocoa and snacks. Set and, a record. Yes, we did. I don't know. Nobody wants no, to set. there's been more than two. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so important. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's important, though, that we remind ourselves, just like Matthew 6, that we have the mind of Christ and that our perspective should be driven through Jesus's word. Absolutely. To have a kingdom-minded perspective simply means that we try and see the world the way Jesus would. Think about it. If we have a kingdom-minded perspective, if we have a perspective that's predicated on the word of God, it's a Jesus-focused perspective because we read that the word became flesh. Jesus and the word are one, we could say. And so if we have a kingdom-minded perspective, this simply means that we try and see things the way Jesus would see them. And this is a game changer. This means we don't just see people the way we see people. We don't just see people the way the world sees people. We try to see people through the perspective of Jesus. This means we don't just look at our life the way the world looks at life or the way we might look at our life alone, but we try to look at our life through the perspective of Jesus, through an eternal perspective. And while there are a number of things that shape our perspective, I believe the driving force behind the perspectives we have as believers should be the word of God and the kingdom of God, because I think that will make all the difference in the world. Perspective matters. Uh, the second lesson we learned from the snow, we're just going to go through these. We had a snow day and we were just kind of studying together. So we're just going to go through these. The second lesson we can learn from the snow is we can't control life, but we can control our attitude. We can't control life, right? But we can control our attitude. And I know this week I had a little bit of attitude towards the snow because it changed my schedule. <laughs> it changed my routine, and I like my routine. Anybody else? We learned this week that we can't control the weather. You know, even the weathermen have no idea what the weather's going to do. Have you noticed that yet? <laughs> right? They say it will be sunny and it rains. They say it will rain and it snows, and we keep listening to them. <laughs> you know? They're wrong every time, and somehow they still get a raise, right? <laughs> they have, like, the world's best job security. I mean, they just, they, just no matter what they say, they're right. They're wrong. 
But we learned this week that we can't control life. We can't control the weather. But listen, we can always control our attitude. And your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. What does that mean? Your attitude will determine how high you can go in life. Maybe you've seen this quote before. It's an oldie but a goodie. I like this quote. It says, life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond to it. Think about that. Life is 10% what happens to you. And I realize this is a quote. It's not a fact. (laughs) But 90% how you respond to it. We can't always control what happens to us, can we? But we can always control our attitude. We can always control our response to what happens to us. Yeah, it's so good. Um, In Philippians 2, 3 through 5, It says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Hmm. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And, you know, looking back at this week, um, if you have teenagers, I'm sure you've heard these comments, um, is especially when it's snowing and it's freezing outside, is why is our house so cold? (laughs) And can't we keep the temperature at 70, 24 hours a day? No. (laughs) You don't touch the thermostat. Sacred. The thermostat's sacred. <laughs> sacred. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So the thermostat, we explained to our kids, well, we turn it down at night to like, what, 60? What well, they we? would say like 27, but I'd yeah. say probably like 64. Okay, so we turn it down and we're like, well, just wear three sweatshirts, three pairs of socks, a snowsuit, 10 blankets, and you'll be just fine. Yeah. And then we're racing in the morning to get the heat back up to 68 and 70. Yeah. But... Um, when we think about um, a thermometer, rises and falls, just like uh-huh. our attitude, the way that we respond to life. And that quote that um, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it, it's so true. That 90% is really what sets the tone in your home. And I know, I mean, yesterday we had an incident in our house, someone using super glue at, at the wrong place at the wrong time. And man, I know that 90%, we really set the tone in our house last night. I'm like, what are you doing with super glue on the kitchen counter? But um, I share that because I think it's important that we recognize the difference between between a thermometer and a thermostat. Mm -hmm. And a thermostat is steady, it's stable. And I think that's what we want to strive for with our relationship with Jesus, Mm -hmm. is that we would be constant in our attitude. No matter what's happening in our home, no matter what's happening in our marriage, Um, in our families, our relationships, our job, is that we would allow the attitude of Christ to remain stable in our hearts and our mind. That's good. A thermometer rises and falls based off the environment. A thermostat remains steady regardless of the environment. We want our attitude to be Christ-like regardless of the ups and downs and the highs and the lows of life. Uh, I had a mentor years ago, and he, he used this quote, and I will remember this quote forever, but I like this. This is what he used to say to me. He said, Matt, if it won't matter on your deathbed, why are you so worried about it today? If it won't matter on your deathbed, why are you so worried about it today? If it won't matter on your last day, why are you so concerned about it today? And listen, I realize this quote breaks down but you do understand the heart of it. That oftentimes the things in life that throw us off the most, oftentimes the things in life that give us a bad attitude, sometimes are very small things. And I think all of us, it would be healthy for us to take a moment and ask ourselves, 
Is what I'm upset about today, is what's giving me a bad attitude today, will I even care about it tomorrow? Is what's throwing me off so much today, will I even remember it next week? Will I even be thinking about it next month? Will it even be a figment of my mind next year? And if the answer is no, then maybe we should adjust our attitudes just a bit. And make a decision to have a Christ-like attitude, an attitude of gratitude where we're thankful, an attitude of love where we love unconditionally, an attitude uh, of even miracles that, that we believe that we serve a God of miracles that even when impossible things come our way, we can have an attitude of faith that we believe that we serve a God who can come through in the midst of our impossible situations and make all things possible. That we have an attitude of Christ. So the second thing we can learn from the snow is we can't control life. We can't control the weather. We can't control everything, but we can control our attitude. You know, I was um, just thinking there for a moment is that um, right now when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, well, how, how do we control our um, attitude? It's so easy when we're sitting right here and saying, oh, we got this covered. But when you go in the days, the ins and outs, um, I think this leads into our third point, mm-hmm. of, which is we need to slow down. Yeah. And I think when we slow down, Mm -hmm. we have those moments where we can begin to um, change our perspective, um, evaluate our attitude. And so point three, we need to slow down. We need to slow down. And you know, the snow forces us to slow down, doesn't it? Literally. Literally. You know, but I propose (laughs) Unless you're a teenager. Yeah, absolutely. And we have three of those. (laughs) Yes. But listen, I, I propose to you today that some of us in here who think we dislike the snow, we don't dislike the snow. We dislike slowing down. Some of us in here who think we dislike the snow, we don't dislike the snow. I'm one of them. (laughs) What we dislike is slowing down because the snow forces us to slow down. And we always want to move faster, don't we? We want to move faster, not slower. We live in a fast-paced world. We live in a quick-moving society. Everyone's trying to get to where they're going faster. None of us in this room are calling up Xfinity asking them if they can give a slower internet service, right? In fact, nobody in this room is calling up Xfinity anyway because they never pick up their phones. Am I right? You can be on hold for a lifetime. But we want things faster, not slower. Every one of us in here, we love Amazon because Amazon delivers what we want fast, right? We can order something today and within two to three days, we know it arrives. But guess what? That wasn't even enough. So Amazon had to create Amazon now. Three or four days isn't quick enough. I want it now. I want to order what I want, 11 a.m., and I want to get what I want by 3 p.m. We want what we want now. We live in a world where we want everything faster. And yet the most important things God has for your life, you'll only discover as you slow down. We want to move faster, and yet the most important lessons God wants to teach you and I only happen when we slow down. Sometimes to have a healthy heart, sometimes to have a healthy soul, it doesn't happen until we slow down and we need to learn to slow down. Yes, we do. I know I was um, guilty Amazon now this week. I think it was like (laughs) midnight 
and I w it came to my mind that we are out of um, toilet bowl cleaner wands. So I just and it must have been an by. emergency. It must have been <laughs> because then at 5:30 the next morning, our rings going off, our dogs barking, and I was like, well, "Who's at the door?" And I'm like. <gasps> People are probably thinking, what's going Am on Amazon in this house now? if they need toilet paper or toilet bowl cleaners at 5.30 a.m.? I don't know. What is that all about? They came, they delivered the toilet bowl <laughs> for that honey-do list. That's right. Right? That's right. That's awesome. So the, at this point, slow down. I, if you have teenagers and they are driving, you have said the words, slow down, slow down, slow down all the time. And probably so many more times this week with the snow. Slow down, slow down, slow down. And um, when I first think about the snow... This past week, what comes to mind is the word interruption. I've got my life planned out. I've got my um, work schedule. We've got sports schedule. We have, you know, everybody has that calendar on the on the fridge that maps out everything and where everyone's going. Um, kind of reminds me of Santa on Christmas Eve. You know, the route there. Uh, it's our, our crazy busy life. But um, sometimes what I think we see as an interruption, God is actually providing an invitation. And I think when we slow down. Um, just even this week, we originally, um, we had a different service plan for today. We weren't speaking, but the snow came, we slowed down, and we had moments where we were able to spend time with the Lord, and um, God pr provided an invitation for us to share today. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think um, if we were to slow down, what is God trying to get our attention, good. right? In Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. And the only time that we're going to be able to be still is when we slow down and we allow God those moments to get in our life and to speak to our heart and our mind. Be still and know that I am God. Notice it doesn't say multitask and know that I am God. Notice it didn't say add more to your plate than you can ever accomplish and know that I am God. It says be still and know that I am God. We can almost reverse engineer this verse to say when we're not still, sometimes we forget he's God. When we fail to be still, when we're stressed, when we have so much busyness in our life, when our life is bombarded with this task and this schedule and this thing and that thing, when we're working overtime on our third job, sometimes it's hard to be still and know that he is God. And yet it isn't until we're still. It isn't until we slow down. It isn't until we pause and take a break sometimes that we realize God is there. That we realize God is near. That we realize God is close even in the midst of everything happening in our life. But sometimes we have to slow down in order to hear God. The Bible talks about the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Sometimes God doesn't speak to us because our lives are too noisy. Sometimes we have to just calm down and still our life just a little bit in order for God to speak. I love this quote right up here on this screen. It says, slowly is the fastest way to become who you want to be. That's Let me good. say that one more time. Slowly is the fastest way to become who you want to be. And when I think about the story of, in the Bible, Mary and Martha, and Martha is preoccupied with chores, tasks, Kind of like me, I'm always doing chores and tasks. Right, and, and I'm like Barry, I'm always sitting at the feet of Jesus. Watching football, watching football. <laughs> or watching football. Um, but back, back to the scripture. That's why we're here today. Um, but Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus says to Martha, no, she's doing what she's supposed to do. And I think in our life there's a balance. I mean, we do live in a, 
a very busy culture. Um, we have kids and activities. And I think even as we get older, you find that even when your kids grow up, you still find you're preoccupied with something. We fill our lives. But I think it's important to take this um, scripture here in these moments and remember that we have to find times where we sit at the feet of Jesus. That's where we find our peace. And even in this, um, the hustle and bustle of the season is taking moments um, over the next the next month that you do find with your family where you're getting into the word of God. You're reading the Christmas story mm-hmm. and you're spending time with Jesus. That's really, really good. Really Which leads into our fourth points. Mm-hmm. Seasons come and seasons go. Seasons come and seasons go. I think all of us will relate to what I'm about to say. All of us will laugh because just three months ago, every single one of us were complaining it's too hot outside. How many remember that? We were all like, it's September. It should not be 90 degrees outside. When is it going to cool down? Right? And now it's winter. And it's cooled down. (laughs) It's cooled down quite a bit so much that we had a winter wonderland this week. There's snow everywhere. And now what are we saying? Now we're saying, when will it finally heat up? When will summer come around again? It's way too cold. But seasons come and seasons go. And I share this because I think if we're not careful, if we're not cautious, we'll spend all of our lives trying to get to the next season of life that we'll fail to enjoy and embrace the season we're in right now. I say this because I think if we're not careful, if we're not cautious, all of us will be yearning for the next season, for the next thing, that we can enjoy the beauty and the benefit of what Jesus wants to do in this season right now. And we'll always be excited about tomorrow. We'll always be excited about what's next. And it's fleeting. Because then once we get that thing, we want the other thing and the other thing and the other thing and the next season and the next season and the next season. When I believe Jesus is saying, embrace the season you're in right now. There are things in this moment, in this season that Jesus wants to share with you. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, Solomon writes these words. He says, for everything there is a season. A time for every activity activity under heaven. Now, to give you context here, Solomon is the son of David. Solomon is also said to be the wisest and wealthiest person to have ever lived. In fact, historians speculate that Solomon's wealth would be equivalent today to trillions of dollars. That Solomon would be a trillionaire today. And so that adds context. So here you have Solomon. He has all this wealth. He has all this wisdom. He has all these experiences. He has all this influence. And Solomon even says, life is a series of seasons. That seasons come and seasons go. And all of us need to find the beauty, find the benefit of what God wants to do in the season we are in right now. Yeah, seasons of life. I love living in the Pacific Northwest because we do get to experience All them. The there is a lot of rain. I'm not, I don't want to discount that. We do have here. that. But we do. I think, you know, right when it gets... You know, you get your fall, your winter, your spring, summer. We get to enjoy all of them in the beauty of the Northwest. But when I think about seasons of life, I think about, back about how when, you, when you're a child, you can't wait to become a teenager. And then when you're a teenager, I can't wait to get my driver's license. And then I want to vote. And then can't wait to get married. And then can't wait to become a parent. Right. 
you know, have have a baby. Right. And then we had three. Right. And you would have it like 30. I would. I, I, we used to talk about how I just want to keep having them so I can She just wanted kids. Like, and all I heard was cha-ching. And like. I said, somewhere this needs to stop. Okay. What color hair, tall, short. And then logic <laughs> speaks um, to emo here about like, oh, we have to raise them. And I'm like, oh, it'll be yeah, fine. there is that. We can have 10. <laughs> But I, I think it's so important that no matter what season you're in, that we embrace the season we are in and the beauty of it. And, you know, sometimes even, um, I think during the holidays, sometimes we look back to it, memories that maybe are there that aren't anymore. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard too. Mm-hmm. And, but recognizing that um, um, here on earth that Jesus has mm-hmm. a plan and a purpose yep. for our life and our family. And I love this quote. It says, the days are long but the years are short. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. We've all heard that before, that there's, depending on what season you're in, you're like, is this ever going to end? Mm. And it's a reminder that each and every day is a gift yeah. um, to give God glory and to live out our lives. And I think one of the things that um, we talked about slowing down, but um, is to not rush in the season that you're in mm. and be able to ask those questions. You know, God, what can I learn during the season? Or what are you trying to show me? I don't like this season. Right. This is hard. Um, this is grueling. But God's still with us in every season if we allow him to. Absolutely. If you find yourself in a good season today, give thanks to God because Scripture says every good and perfect gift comes That's from the right. Father above. Thank God yeah. for the season you're in. If you find yourself in a bad season right now, the good news is that season won't last forever. The Bible says darkness may come at night, but joy comes in the morning. And yeah. so there is right. good times and good seasons ahead for you. So either way, we can celebrate and give thanks to God because we we know he's in our life and he has something in store for us in this season that's going to propel us into the next season. Amen? Amen. The fifth thing we could learn from the snow, the fifth lesson, and we'll be done here in about three hours. No, give, give, us, give me like five more minutes, maybe 10. But the fifth lesson we could learn from the snow is we have to watch our step. Isn't it true? We have to watch our steps. Some of us learned that the hard way <laughs> this week. I actually did. But we, we live in a cul-de-sac, and in our cul-de-sac, uh, there are a number of people who like to go on walks. And I watch as a number of people try to go on snow walks this week. And from my living room window, almost like a movie screen, I was able to watch a number of people try and walk but take a slip, okay? And I know I'm laughing and I shouldn't be. <laughs> But sometimes when people trip, I laugh, okay? You're perfect, God's still working on me, okay? But, but, uh, but literally, there were a couple times I just wanted to get out popcorn and just watch this because I, I, knew, I knew what was in store, and they're all like, oh, no, we're good, we're going to tread in the snow, and, and watching this happen time and time again. This actually happened to me this week. Uh, I was walking up our driveway, and I slipped, and I fell, And my first concern was not my health. My first concern was that my children were catching this on their phones. Because if they record this, I know immediately this is going to be uploaded to social media and I will look like a dummy. Okay? They don't ask you for permission. They just press a button and and it's viral. But, but uh, uh, thank God for kids. I always joke that teenagers are a perfect example of why some animals eat their young. Okay? <laughs> I'm teasing. But, but listen, <laughs> but we realize in the snow, we have to watch our step. 
We realize when we're walking in snow, walking on ice, we need to watch our step. Well, listen, the same thing is true in life. We have to be very careful how we step. We have to be careful of the choices we make. We have to be cautious of the things we're thinking about. We have to take inventory of the circle we hang around. We need to watch our step. You know, I um, literally, I fell two months ago and broke my foot, as you all know. You did. And um, so this, this point here reads real true, true to home. And literally, <laughs> during the fall. True story. This is a true story. I'm doing this slow motion fall, and I look Ooh. up, and there's my kid. <laughs> Zooming in. And all I could think about was like, oh my gosh, if you were to reach out, you could save me from the next two months of my but life. But we wouldn't have had that moment But we wouldn't forever. have had that moment. They right, couldn't have captured. Snapchatted to their sister and banned that, that video. I never even saw it because it deletes. <laughs> but it went and they sent it and they're laughing and, you know, and then I remember sitting there for like 15 minutes like, I just need to sit and figure out what's going on. Um, but in Ephesians 5.15, it says, be very careful than how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And you know, when I think about my moment of watching my step, watching your step, is um, it means being self, having self-awareness mm -hmm. and being watching and being aware of what's going on around us, watching um, and being aware of the relationships that we have. Um, I think sometimes we, we talk to our kids like, okay, well, who are your friends? And um, what choices are you making? And I think it's the same for, for us. Is it's like, God, you know, who am I surrounding myself with? Mm -hmm. You know, who's there to encourage me? What kind of community okay. group am I getting in that I can rub shoulders with? And I think it's so important that you watch your step, mm -hmm. that you're focused. Mm -hmm. Paul says, be very careful that how you live. Uh, someone say live. live. That word live there is actually the Greek word is parapateo is how you say it. Almost sounds like a pair of potatoes, but it's not that. But parapateo, oh, and it means not only how you live, but it also means how you step. It's a metaphor. Uh, it, was, it was a Greek metaphor, and they understood it meant how you walk, how you step. And so Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and ultimately he's saying, be very careful then how you walk. Be very careful how you step. And what's his final thought in that, that section is he says, because the days are evil. He says, because we live in a fallen world. So he's saying, be very careful how you step. Be very careful the choices you make. Be very careful what you allow your mind to think about and what you allow into your mind. Uh, uh, be very careful the circle you hang around. Be very careful in life because we live in a fallen world. And the same way we can slip and fall on the snow, we can slip and fall in life and it can cause pain and it can cause hurt. And so there's a warning of Paul for all of us to be very careful how we walk, to watch our step. Uh, the sixth thing the snow reminds us, and it really will be like five more minutes. The sixth thing the snow reminds us, this is my favorite one, is the snow covers everything. Snow covers everything. In fact, Tuesday evening when it began to snow, I looked out my living room window and I was just enjoying the beauty and the splendor of the fresh fallen snow. It had fallen and it was covering everything. And I looked out into my yard and I looked out to where my uh, flower gardens would be and where I have some weeds growing, but the snow had covered the weeds. Yes, one way to weed a garden. <laughs> 
I looked out onto my lawn and I used to have a nice lawn. But three years ago, we bought a golden retriever by the name of Leo. And I am thoroughly convinced that our dog's mission is to make us miserable <laughs> or ruin my lawn. Okay, and Leo digs ditches, he digs holes in the lawn, drives me crazy. But for that moment, (laughs) I could not see the holes, I could not see the ditches because the snow had covered the lawn. And as I'm looking at this, literally Isaiah 118 kind of popped in my soul. And Isaiah 118 says this, it says, come now, let's settle this. God says this debate is over. Let's settle this. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And I love that verse because Jesus, in all his omnipotence, in all his omniscience, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. Jesus could have used any metaphor here, but the metaphor he uses is snow. And snow covers everything. And I just want to come today to encourage somebody that no matter what you've done, The forgiveness of Jesus has covered that as long as we are in Christ. Come on, your worst decision, your worst mistake, your worst sin is covered by the forgiveness of Jesus the same way the snow covers the ground. And so if Jesus has forgiven you, why haven't you forgiven yourself? If Jesus says it's over, why do you keep saying it's just begun? If Jesus says it's finished, how come you haven't let go? I think we need a reminder sometimes that the cross and an empty tomb is good news for us all, that we are all covered by the blood of Jesus, that he makes us white as snow, that it's only by grace that we can be saved. It's only because of what he did, not what we did. And no matter what's happened in your past, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You know, and... um, when we think about the, the snow and covering our yards and you look out and it's the beauty that goes beyond is it's recognizing the grace of God. I mean, each of our individual lives and our homes, our marriages, um, families, our kids. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. And this Christmas season, if you're looking for a Bible reading plan, is dive into the book of Luke. There's 24 chapters. I know today is December 4th, but you can um, read a chapter a day. And it's the gospel message. And this is what the whole Christmas season is about. And taking moments this December that you don't forget that Jesus in a manger. Um, That's what Christmas is all about. And the gospel message that he rose, he died on the cross and rose again. Uh And we want to encourage you this Christmas season that you find time to remember that story and not to forget it. So good, so good. Okay, and we'll close with this one because I can tell... We're getting antsy. The seventh one is this. The seventh lesson we can learn from the snow is snowflakes are small, but together they can create a storm. Snowflakes are small, but together they can create a storm. Snowflakes are actually tiny. They're minuscule. Yet as all these snowflakes come together, they can create a snowstorm. They can create quite a disruption, as many of us experienced even this week, right? And listen, I believe this is a beautiful word picture of the church. That as individuals, we can only accomplish so much. But as all of us flakes come together, come on. 
as all of us flakes come together, we can create a storm for the gospel in our city and our community. As individuals, we can only do so much, but when all of us flakes come together and unite around Jesus and unite around the gospel, it can create a storm of hope. It can create a storm of grace. It can create a storm of love. It can create a storm of hope, and it can create a storm of revival for God to move in our city and our community. We can only do so much on our own, but as we unite together, God can do some pretty incredible things. Yeah, in 1 Corinthians 1.10, and we'll wrap up and close here. It says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. And you know, when I was a kid, and you would go out in a snowstorm and you would look up and you'd see all these snowflakes coming down. You know, and um, um, the beauty, it's magnificent, but there's not one snowflake that is alike. And in Psalms 139, it says that God created each and every one of us uniquely for purpose and for destiny. And you know, as the church, it's not about, um, it's about unity, it's not about uniformity. And it's about that we might look different we might talk different. We might raise our families different. But there is one thing that we unite around, and it's Jesus, our Savior. Yeah, so. And this Christmas season, we have the opportunity to bring glory to our Heavenly Father so for not only in our homes and our families, but our community. So good. I think so many times we do look at unity as uniformity, that we think they're one and the same, but they're actually contrastingly different. God's not calling us to be uniformed. He's not calling us all to think the same, talk the same, uh, look the same, have the same gifts, have the same interests, vote the same, have the same perspectives on this. What he's calling us to is unity, not uniformity to unity. And we unify around Jesus. And as we unify around Jesus... I believe that's when Jesus can come in. Come on, where two or more gather together, he's there. Where two or more agree on anything, he's there. When we unify around things, that's when Jesus comes. Jesus shows up, Jesus moves, and the church advances. Yeah. Amen? Come on, if you would, stand up with me. We'll pray today. We just kind of felt with the season, with everything going on, uh, it just, we're going to mix it up today. And we're actually really excited about next Sunday. Uh, got a good friend of ours coming, uh, Shaddai Malou. Uh, Shaddai is the youth pastor at Church Home, and he's actually one of the chaplains to the Seahawks. But he was in our youth ministry for, I don't know, six years. And the Malou family are incredible people, and he's going to be here this Sunday. So invite friends, bring people. It's going to be a great, great message. But we just felt really led that this this Sunday, we just needed to press pause and slow down and stop and share with you this message that we believe God has put on our heart. And so I just want to take a moment and pray, and then Kim's going to pray and close us out. But can you just bow your heads, close your eyes with me? And if just where you're at today, I'm not going to call you up here, not going to do that. But if you say, I need to get right with Jesus, I need to come to him or come back to him. I'm distant. I'm far. Maybe nobody else knows, but you know. And you say, today, I want the assurance that I'm with him. That God forbid something happens to me today, I'd wake up in the arms of a loving God, that Jesus is my savior. And if you want to make that decision, you want to come to him or come back to him, would you just lift your hand up real quickly? I can see it. Yes, I see that hand. Anybody else say, that's me today. That's me. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, I just want all of us to pray just out loud. Just all of us just pray, Jesus, I love you. 
Thank you for coming into my life. I admit I'm a sinner. I've fallen short. And I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. I love you. And I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. Kim, would you pray us out? Father God, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we give you all the glory today. God, during this Christmas season, that we would not forget that your son came for each and every one of us. And God, I pray for every home and every family, God, that you would bless them today. God, that you would provide for them. God, no matter the season that they're in, that they would look to you, God, and that you would provide for every need. God, we thank you that we can give you glory and we can worship you today, God. We, in your precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. Let's give it up for Jesus. <laughs>